0: Hi, hello, yo, what's up, Miami? <laughs> oh my God! Hi, wow, welcome back to the Friend Crush Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Aquila, and I'm really sorry that I fell off. <laughs> it's been a month since the last episode, which was meant to be part one of the friend breakup series. I don't really have like an excuse for why I fell off, but let me give you a little recap on the thought process that um, resulted in like a month of me just like not being on the internet. So basically I recorded the first part of the friend breakup series I posted it and then I was thinking like damn how am I going to follow this up like what is the next part of the friend breakup that we need to address and I thought about it really hard because I was reading a lot and reflecting a lot about different things and they all somehow related to you know our idea of friendship and what happens in a friendship breakup and then all this stuff happened in my life that was kind of like full circle and you know had to do with like people from the past resurfacing how do I deal with that can you be friends with somebody that you've had a friend breakup with how do you deal with okay whatever anyway and then like my computer doesn't fucking work so anytime I open final cut to do a video version uh, my computer crashes can't open garage band properly it's just a whole bloody mess anyway I wanted to... Break up the friend breakup series with this episode about love. What is love? You know, I think um, we have like kind of fucked up ideas about what love actually is. How do we understand it and how do we practice it? Because love is not just a feeling. You know what I mean and um i had shared this book that i was reading on instagram when i was on instagram but i'm currently not on instagram but i'll be back on instagram soon (laughs) um the road less traveled by m scott peck so this book has um how many sections has four sections discipline Number two, love. Number three, growth in religion. And number four, grace. So I really love this book because it is kind of like a combination of spirituality and psychology. And that's something that I've been exploring more this year, just having time to think about spirituality in a kind of like rational and scientific context because I definitely um, am a spiritual person it's something that I've been exploring um, from a young age and I think this year I've definitely connected it more with psychology psychological principles in order to better understand myself better understand other people and why the world is so fucked up anyway so this book is great um obviously I don't resonate with like every single thing that is said in this book but I feel like You know main ideas are important so the love section it has it is divided into the following love defined falling in quote-unquote love the myth of romantic love more about ego boundaries dependency cathexis without love self-sacrifice love is not a feeling the work of attention the risk of loss the risk of independence the risk of commitment the risk of confrontation love is disciplined love is separateness love and psychotherapy the mystery of love so Um, yeah, I mean, I really encourage people to read this if they're looking for just like a tool to further their self development. Um, but basically I think the main distinction that I want to make is the difference between love and cathexis and how we get these things confused. So this book, the road less traveled and also bell hooks all about love discuss the difference in these two definitions so let's talk about cathexis first which is like okay so when talking about how love is not a feeling mr m scott peck says the feeling of love is the emotion that accompanies the experience of cathecting cathecting is a process by which an object becomes important to us. Once cathected, the object commonly referred to as a love object is invested with our energy as if it were a part of ourselves and this relationship between us and the invested object is called cathexis. So we may have many such relationships going on at the same time. We speak about cathexis. The process of withdrawing our energy from a love object so that it loses its sense of importance for us is known as decathecting. The misconception that love is a feeling exists because we confuse cathecting with loving. Love is an action. It's an activity. And this is what leads to the major misconception of love, um, which is that love is not a feeling. And many people possess a feeling of love and even act in response to that feeling. They're actually acting in a manner of unloving and destructive ways. So a genuine loving individual will often take loving and constructive action toward a person he or she consciously dislikes, actually feeling no love toward the person at the time, and perhaps even finding the person repugnant in some way. Okay, so then um, he says that it's understandable because they're very similar processes, love and cathecting, but there are striking differences. So first of all, We can cathect an object, animate or inanimate, with or without spirit. So a person might cathect the stock market or a piece of jewelry and may feel love for these things. And then secondly is that we have cathected another human being does not mean that we are a wit for that person's spiritual development. The dependent person, in fact, usually fears the spiritual development of a cathected spouse. Um, And then this goes to the definition of love. So his definition of love which is one that I've seen um, in many different texts, is that it's the will to extend one's self for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. So if you love yourself, you're trying to further your own spiritual growth. If you love another person, you are willing to extend yourself to nurture their spiritual growth. And this is like such an important concept for us to understand in order to, understand who and what we are connecting with so saying that you love a piece of jewelry or you love a piece of clothing or you love a specific activity um is kind of like having a loving feeling towards something but you can't actually like love something that doesn't have a spirit, essentially. Even it even talks about how, you know, the way that you connect with your pets is different to love because you can't further you as a human can't really further the spiritual growth of your cat or dog. It doesn't mean you can't say that you love your cat or dog, but it's important to know the difference between love and cathexis. I'm still gonna say that I love all kinds of shit, but when it comes to dealing with friendships and relationships, I need to understand, you know, the practice of loving that person. Do I actually love them or am I just attached to them in some way? (laughs) And this then goes back into friendship and friend breakups. So I think the point that they make um, in terms of a dependent person usually fears the spiritual development of a cathected spouse or partner. So if you think about um, having a toxic friend and when You start changing and growing, that person in their fixed state becomes threatened by your change. I think that is not really a friendship based on love because that person is only interested in how their idea of you can serve their idea of themselves and not actually like how the two of you can grow together, which is such an important part of friendship for me become such an important part of friendship for me because I've been in so many situations where I now realize that was not love, that was cathexis. And that person trying to convince me that it was somehow love on their part, me no longer wanting to be associated with them, or me being unable to feel safe in a friendship, um, that's not love, okay, period. And that's okay, but understanding it for me um, has helped me a lot in terms of like recognizing those situations for what they were or what they are and just being able to move accordingly I, I'm just like not one of those people that can be like oh that's just the way it is and that's the way it is and buy it like I need to know why it's the way that it is for me to understand and accept it and keep it moving you know because I don't want to make the same mistake twice and I sometimes I'm that dumb bitch that is like walking out of one toxic friendship and straight into another one because I didn't know what to look for. Um, I didn't understand. I wasn't consciously, like, aware of where things went wrong, what red flags I need to be looking out for, and then I get into the same fucking emotional trap. So the difference between cathexis and love is very important, Um, and M. Scott Peck talks about it in his book, Road Less Traveled. So basically, we have a misconception that love is a feeling, and then we confuse cathecting with loving. We play ourselves in that respect. And you can cathect, you know, anything, an object, whether it's animate or inanimate, or even an activity. And then you, just because you've cathecting with a person, doesn't mean that you care about their spiritual development. Point two, number three is that the intensity of our cathexis usually has nothing to do with wisdom or commitment. So this is the example that he provides. Two strangers may meet in a bar and connect with each other in such a way that nothing, no previously scheduled appointments, promises made, or family stability is more important for the moment than their sexual consummation. And then, so yeah, you can like just be attached and invest into someone for a moment and then have that be that and not care about anything else to do with their life, which is fine. Then um, our cathexis may be fleeting and momentary. So after these two people have consummated, um, they might just find each other unattractive and, un- and undesirable. And I mean, I'm sure we've all been in situations like that. Someone that you thought was hot for a minute suddenly turned out to not be so hot from under different lighting or seen from a different angle. (laughs) So you can decathect something almost as soon as we have cathected it. And um, yeah, I can say like, wow, I really like this top. Uh, Five minutes later, wow, that's the ugliest top I've ever seen catecting, de So genuine love on the other hand implies commitment and the exercise of wisdom. When we are concerned for someone's spiritual growth we know that a lack of commitment is likely to be harmful and that that commitment to that person is probably necessary for us to manifest our concern effectively. In a constructive relationship or by extension friendship you need to regularly, routinely, and predictably attend to each other and the relationship no matter how you feel. Because it's when people no longer feel like being in each other's company and they would rather be somewhere else that love begins to be tested and will be found to be present or absent. So this is also something that I've been thinking about this year um, in terms of how like crisis is really when you see someone's true colors because this year has been so incredibly fucked up, you're go- you're going to be seeing a lot of people's true colours under the harsh light of a fucking global pandemic. So, yeah, if you really love somebody, it's being able to show up even when you feel like shit. It's being able to commit to them and being there for them even when, you know, shit's hit the fan. And I think it's fine to... Um, you know not have the capacity to hold space for somebody in your life but what I'm trying to do is understand like how these relationship dynamics work how I can be of better service to the people that I care about and then fuck off everything else that doesn't matter to me you know I don't want to lie to myself about what I do and don't care about and then be living in a bloody illusion so Yeah. I don't know. That's just how I feel. If you want to live in your own personal illusion, go for it. You don't have to listen to this shit. (laughs) Anyway. So genuine love can transcend the matter of cathexis. When love exists, it does so with or without cathexis and with or without a loving feeling. It is easier to love with cathexis and the feeling of love But it's possible to love without cathexis and without loving feelings and because it's in this fulfillment of possibility that genuine and transcendent love is distinguished from simple cathexis. So the key word is um, the will. Love is defined as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Genuine love is volitional rather than emotional. The person who truly loves does so because of a decision to love. And this person has made a commitment to be loving whether or not the loving feeling is present. If it is, so much the better. But if it isn't, the commitment to love, the will to love still stands and is exercised. Conversely, it is not only possible, but it is necessary for a loving person to avoid acting on feelings of love. Um, So your feelings of love may be unbounded, but your capacity to be loving is limited. Therefore, you must choose the person on whom you focus your capacity to love and toward whom to direct the will to love. True love is not a feeling by which we are overwhelmed. It is a commitment and thoughtful decision." okay so we've distinguished cathexis from love so like being attached or invested in something versus the will to extend oneself for one's own or another's spiritual growth and then he also distinguishes falling in love falling in quote unquote love i'm sorry i just keep referencing this book like i don't even know how to like not because i just feel like it's all summarized so well so Um, Of all the misconceptions about love, the most powerful and pervasive is the belief that falling in love is love or at least one of the manifestations of love. It is a potent misconception because falling in love is subjectively experienced in a very powerful fashion as an experience of love. When a person falls in love with what he or she certainly feels is I love him or I love her but two problems are immediately apparent. The first is that the experience of falling in love is specifically a sex-linked erotic experience. We do not fall in love with our children even though we may love them very deeply. We do not fall in love with our friends of the same sex unless we are sexually oriented even though we may care for them greatly. We fall in love only when we are consciously or unconsciously sexually motivated. The second problem is that the experience of falling in love is invariably temporary. No matter whom we fall in love with, we sooner or later fall out of love if the relationship continues long enough. This is not to say we invariably cease loving the person with whom we fell in love, but it is to say that the feeling of ecstatic lovingness that characterizes the experience of falling in love always passes. The honeymoon always ends. The bloom of romance always fails. So I think this is really interesting in terms of um, how we see romantic relationships because everybody always says like the honeymoon always ends blah 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 and for me like I'm not very good at long-term relationships and I feel like I've always had this tension between falling in love and then the practice of love even if I'm no longer uh, experiencing this honeymoon period with someone I still have standards for how I want to be treated and standards for how I treat the person that I'm you know, committed to in that period of time and I've always had an issue with other people thinking that your honeymoon phase is over and now they can treat you like shit um, which I will not stand for and I think that reflects onto their inability to really understand what the practice of love requires of them and what being in a relationship actually means and that has always been reflected back onto me somehow into my like inability to commit to somebody and it's like yeah I'm unable to commit to people who think it's okay to treat me like shit period <laughs> sorry about it not sorry so something that we should all learn from because why do you want to be feeling alone when you're supposed to be committed to somebody i think that's like the most isolating feeling ever you're in company but you're not connecting with the person you're in company with that shit is fucking sad and Life is too short to be living like that, honey. So further, furthering our discussion about falling in love, he says, The essence of the phenomenon of falling in love is a sudden collapse of a section of an individual's ego boundaries, permitting one to merge his or her identity with that of another person. The sudden release of oneself from oneself, the explosive pouring out of oneself into the beloved and the dramatic secrecy of loneliness accompanying this collapse of ego boundaries is experienced by most of us as ecstatic. We and our beloved are one. Loneliness, Loneliness is no more. In some respects, but certainly not in all, the act of falling in love is an act of regression. The experience of merging with the loved one has in its echoes from time to time, from the time when we were merged with our mothers in infancy. Although the merging, we also exper- re-experience the sense of omnipotence that we had to give up in our journey out of childhood. All of these things seem possible. United with our beloved, we feel we can conquer all obstacles. We believe that the strength of our love will cause the force of opposition to bow down in submission and melt away into the darkness. All problems will be overcome, the future will be all light. The unreality of these feelings when we have fallen in love is essentially the same as the unreality of a two year old who feels itself to be the king of the family and the and the world with power unlimited. Uh, another thing that I've observed in my relationships is like men and their clownery <laughs> like the promises that men will make in a heat of the moment when they're in a feeling of love and the reality of how they actually behave is like night and day sometimes you know so that's not love that's just them experiencing love but not actually practicing love so, just as reality intrudes upon the two-year-old's fantasy of omnipotence, so does reality intrude upon the fantastic unity of the couple who have fallen in love. Sooner or later, in response to the problems of daily living, individual will reassert itself. He wants to have sex, she doesn't. She wants to go to the movies, he doesn't. He wants to put money in the bank, she wants a dishwasher. She wants to talk about her job, he wants to talk about his. She doesn't like his friends, he doesn't like us. So both of them, in the privacy of their hearts, begin to come to the sickening realisation that they are not one with the beloved, that the beloved has and will continue to have his or own desires, tastes, prejudices, and timing different from the others. One by one, gradually or suddenly, the ego boundaries snap back into place. Gradually or suddenly, they fall out of love. Once again, they are two separate individuals. At this point, they begin either to dissolve the ties of their relationship or initiate the work of real loving. By my use of word real, I'm implying that the perception that we are loving when we fall in love is a false perception and that our subjective sense of lovingness is an illusion. Real love does not have its roots in a feeling of love. Falling in love is not an extension of one's limits or boundaries. It is a partial and temporary collapse of them. The extension of one's limits requires effort. Falling in love is effortless. Real love is a permanently self-enlarging experience. Falling in love is not. And, um, yep, falling in love is a trick that our genes pull in our otherwise perceptive mind to hoodwink or trap us into marriage. So... Um, yeah, just much to think about. Definitely a feeling that I've had before. Like I, I talk about how like a lot of concepts I've, um, sort of considered in abstract and not really been able to express in words that make sense. They've kind of been, um, done so in this book, you know, it's really appeasing my confirmation bias, this book, but I think, being able to learn about all these things just makes us wiser in terms of how we distribute our energy, what we invest in, what is important, what isn't important. And you know, how does the world really change if we don't? And if we have a fucked up idea of what love is, which is such an important part of the human experience, and we're acting like clowns, nothing really changes and the cycle continues and history repeats itself. So I think, yeah, the distinction in the ways that love is quote unquote felt or experienced and the way that you actually practice love is really important when we're talking about friendships and then relationships because in any situation if you love somebody then it's not about wanting to have sex with them it's not about wanting them to do as you want them to do it's about being able to see and experience outside of your own and Want to support somebody on their journey and their spiritual development. And loving yourself is being able to commit to your own self development and spiritual development and be moving outside of the comfort zone that you can so easily become accustomed to. You know, I think I've been thinking a lot about change and how we change over time and how to embrace change and what it's like to be around people who can't embrace change and how society has very fixed ideas sometimes about people and social media can kind of highlight this in the sense that a lot of the time people are very unforgiving of somebody's past and project that onto their present and if somebody has demonstrated that they have changed as a person and evolved from maybe a previously problematic place I think uh, that should be commended you know and they shouldn't be, be punished for that obviously people that stand by their you know problematicness this is a different story but I feel like cancel culture this phenomenon just goes way too far sometimes in like holding people accountable to saying something maybe ignorant 10 years ago I mean all of us were probably ignorant 10 years ago. You've got to give people the benefit of the doubt and consider the context in which they're working. If they're adamant about their position about being shitty, then you can deplatform platform them. Anyway, but I don't see that happening because I see a lot of people who have probably progressed a lot in their personal journey uh, getting cancelled and people who are really shitty and problematic still getting funded by corporations and their problematic audience so i just wonder where our energy is being directed anyway yeah i wonder um what you guys think about this definition of love and maybe think about how it's played out in your own life it can be very confronting sometimes to think back on situations you've been in where you thought you were acting in a loving way or you loved somebody or you felt love and then realizing that maybe that wasn't actually love, you know, given the way that we talk about and fantasize and romanticize love, it's hard to think about situations you've been in where you thought it was a foundation of love when really it wasn't. But in terms of how this relates to friendships, I would say that the most rewarding friendships that I have are ones with people where we can accept each other for who we are and just wish each other the best, regardless of whether that brings the two of you closer together or not. You know what I mean? Like you have to trust that the person that you love and support is still gonna love and support you, no matter where in life they are. And I feel like that's really, that's been a real challenge for me this year, that I've been away from the people who I've built my adult life with essentially not being able to go back to Shanghai and I still am so happy for them that they're able to live their life and do the things that they're destined to do even if I'm not there and I support them from the butt of the world in Australia and look forward to seeing them again and they support me um, in my ongoing existential crisis that I'm having in the butt of Australia but Yeah, I think when I compare that sort of experience and that feeling and that sort of friendship with previous friendships that I've been in where it's like I'm being bamboozled into thinking that somebody loves or cares about me when their actions reflect completely otherwise. Their inability to accept me and my journey and my growth, which might be away from them, is not based on love, it's just based on cathexis or the idea of love that they have. And kind of sad to think about shit that way, but it definitely provides a lot of clarity in for situations that I previously wasn't really able to understand or explain in like a rational way. It was just like, why do I feel empty inside when I talk to this person? They keep saying that they care about me, but I don't feel like I'm being cared for and I care about them and I hold space for them entirely and any part of them that they want to share and yet they don't do that for me so how is this really love how is this really a friendship so yeah I just wanted to interject our friend breakup uh, series with this episode because this is the foundation of friendship you know the foundation of being a person, learning how to love yourself, learning how to love other people, because by extension that will affect everything else that you do, I think. So, yeah, if you have not read The Road Less Travelled by M. Scott Peck, I encourage it. Some of the things in this book I do not necessarily resonate with. Um, You know, we just have to exercise critical thinking and take the things that we can learn from and maybe just ignore the things that maybe don't make so much sense to us or we don't resonate with and yeah let me know what you think hit me up but I might not get back to you for a bit because I'm just on a little breaky break from social media but um, I'm just going to keep making podcast episodes I mean I'm going to be back soon but (laughs) I just felt like you know I wanted to share a little bit about love I think and it's really interesting because um, obviously like I have a very specific sense of humor which is like dragging the patriarchy <laughs> and um, having plenty of sarcastic comments to make about the nature of relationships and people confuse that with me being like a hollow shell and I don't really think that's the case because on the other side of that is like I have friend crush which is like inspired by connection and by my friends and cute things and you know concepts about love and um, friendship and yeah I definitely don't consider myself I mean I make jokes about being an ice queen but I am not an ice queen if you really know me I have plenty of love to give but I think it's important to know what kind of love you're giving and the standard of the love that you receive you know Like I say, you can love and want to be loved and still have standards, okay? Don't be out here, like, being okay with crumbs that people leave for you on the ground. You're better than that. And it's important to go through this journey of self-development, self-love, in order to get to a place where you're receiving the love that you're giving yourself, you know? People don't say, like, how can you love somebody if you don't love yourself, for no reason, because it's true. If you don't have high standards for yourself, nobody else, who else is gonna have high standards for you if not you? So we gotta start from the inside, work our way out, and then hopefully the world will change in its own little ways from the ways that we do. Anyway, thanks for listening, miss y'all, and uh, look after yourself, drink water, you know, tell your friends you love them and you care about them, and um, go be a better person. Bye!